Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to land great careers faster. And that's whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about what job am I really qualified for? This is coming from the perspective, Scott, of situations where I've had candidates, they come to me, they have a list of stuff, right? Skills, strengths, experiences, education, all that. And they don't know where they fit in the marketplace. And so this podcast episode is revolving around how do I understand, based on my current situation, what I'm qualified for in the marketplace? Maybe I've been in a a role or a company for a long time, right? whatever that long time means. So there are two prongs to this. First of all, there are those who they know the kind of job they want, but they don't think they're fully qualified for it. But there's also, what do I do when I just don't know where to go? And we've we've already talked in prior podcasts about how do you make choices about career and how do I pick a, a direction and we can refer back to those prior podcasts for some of that thinking, but really, how do I determine what I'm qualified for? I will always direct clients back to what do you want to do? What what really drives you? And if there are several different things that drive you, several different kinds of work, then pick one, try it. Decide what that looks like, what the end result might be. And then we can talk about how do you qualify currently and how do you build skills to increase that qualification. But all of that is workable. We had talked, I think, before the podcast came on, and I might have even shared this in a prior episode, but there was some research done that said the odds of getting an interview are the same if you meet 50% of the requirements versus about 90%. There was no a no recognizable increase in your ability to gain from blind application, of course. This, we're not talking networking at this time, but uh, I think that's validation for me that anything is possible. I would agree. And I encourage you, if we focus on what Scott said, we just talk about the drivers, the things we want to do. Often our audience, the hiring team, whoever it is we're talking to, about our drivers are going to say, hmm, I think you're a fit for this. Okay, now I just had somebody validate first person what my drivers are translating to in their organization. And I think it's really important before you go into any kind of uh, employment conversation is to know what those drivers are. You have to be able to speak clearly, concisely about what matters to you With confidence. Right. If you don't know what you're looking for, that's going to show through. I mean, in our um, breakfast club meeting, we've had people come in and and we ask at the beginning, okay, what's your story? And we have them start talking about what they've done in the past, what they're looking for in the future. And neither of us get an idea of what they actually want to do. And I'm, I'm hard-pressed to help someone who is just standing there waiting, saying, tell me what to do. I can't. If someone doesn't have the ability to talk at least about what is it that they're working on in the moment, or these are the things that drive me and I'm looking for work that will fulfill these, and give me an idea of what their future could look like, 
I'm not sure I'm going to be able to connect those dots with anything I might have within my organization. And that that's an issue. And it's funny you mention that because I remember this week in Breakfast Club, there was a gentleman there that just kept talking about all the things he had done. It wasn't until we uncovered his interest in fixing things and coffee. Right. I like fixing things. I like coffee. I said, why don't you just go do that? Right. He had a long history of working in... Uh, I think technology or, or I don't remember what I'd have to go look it up, but right. uh, he had a notes. long history in something that really wasn't inspiring me to connect him to an opportunity in that domain. Well, and his face lit, lit up when you said, why don't you do that? I don't think the thought had ever crossed his mind. Part of what we want to do in this episode is to turn that light on. What do you want to do, right? What what motivates you to get out of bed, to get out of the house, whatever analogy, metaphor you want to use. The, the idea is you've got to be clear on that, or at least on part of that, that gives you the ability to speak clearly about it because now I can as you're talking to me start connecting dots on what could you do for my organization do I know anybody that you could be helping that sort of thing because that's what networking is about once you have that then you can start looking at what are the things that I have expertise in what do I have education in and it doesn't have to be direct as long as it gives you some facility within the the role that you would be playing when you look at the uh, job description in a job posting i'm here to tell you i know hr professionals who will be cringing if they hear this because it's an indictment of their work um, but i've worked in hr for many years truth is the truth yeah most of the time I'll just leave it vague with most yeah. out of respect for them. Most of the time, the job description you re read in a job posting is written by HR who knows very little about what goes into that role because most of the time, hiring managers, those who have the position open, don't take the time to write it themselves. They have a better idea of what that role actually does in a day in the life, right? And even then, many of those managers have never paid attention to what that role actually did. Because how many times, and I, I, I'm going through this right now yeah. with a couple of clients, they, they aren't aware of all of the things that their employees are actually doing because they think, oh, well, this is his job description. They're doing so much more. And I tell those employees, Write your, write your own job description, take that to your boss and say, this is what I actually do. Because it, when you leave, they won't know. Coming back to it, when you're reading the job and, description. And hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Yeah. Maybe you present that and they actually give you a raise. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be nice? The, but the, the, the thing is, what you're reading in that job posting is a wish list and nothing more. I have yet to take a mm. job, whether it's as a consultant or as a full-time employee. I have yet to take a job where what I was doing actually fit the job description completely. And I'm old enough to, to <laughs> say yeah. this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. It, it's not anything new. No. And it's funny that you mention that because I have seen, and this is an indictment on, on HR, they have a hard job. Of course they the do. The recruitment function gets a lot of heat I think and, and from and, both and, directions. Yeah, actually. from both directions. And so this isn't an indictment. We recognize it's a, a difficult job. 
and that they're covering a lot of administrative functions. They're also right. having so many candidates for every role. It's hard. I get it. It's funny, though, when I go to some of these postings that I see, I can tell which part is HR <laughs> yeah. and, and which part isn't. And I'm like, okay, you read enough of these things and you can encourage your candidates, people that are out looking for what job am I qualified for, and you'll start to notice there's maybe either at the top or at the bottom, there's short sentences that are from the hiring manager. Right. You just know it is because it's well, different it, language. Yes. It's different, a different format. Different feel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and focus in on that stuff. Well, and for those who really don't have that sense, they either haven't paid that kind of attention or they don't feel confident that they're reading, this is where job coaches really can help because you have that already, that skill already developed. So you can actually help them walk through that to identify what what is real and what is fluff. It's one of those things where what do I buy first, the cart or the horse? Honestly, it doesn't matter as long as you get both. There, there's a lot to be said for this. And having been in the HR field for as long as I have, I hold myself to a higher standard than what I hold others to. But that's because that's how I grow. If I'm talking to somebody who isn't truly sure that they qualify, my advice is apply anyway. There are two things that can happen. And let's say you get the interview. If you don't get the interview, you're out nothing other than the time and energy it took to apply. If you do get the interview and you don't feel like your qualifications are spot on, ask about what are the expectations of this role, okay? So you can right. continue to make that evaluation. Talk about the things that you are qualified to do and show interest in it yeah. because I can train you on the stuff you don't know how to do. Yeah. I can't train you on your attitude. And the funny thing is, you'd be surprised how many times a posting is on the internet that was just copy and paste from the last time they did the hiring. And that's nothing comparable to the right. job that the person... It, so let's say that, somebody leaves... Hiring manager doesn't really have an HR person they can rely on, God forbid, uh, and yeah. they put the posting out on LinkedIn or something. What it is is just a copy and paste from the old one. It's not what they're expecting. It's just they needed to get something out there. It's entirely possible that let's say, best case scenario, the, the original job description was accurate. The chances are pretty good that that job has evolved over time too. If it's been only a couple months and they're suddenly having to redo it, then there are other issues to talk about. The evolution of the job needs to be indicated in the, the job description. If you're aware of it, or maybe you just walk in with the assumption that the job description isn't going to be as accurate as it could be, you can ask, how has this position evolved over the last five years? Now you're going to get an idea of the ability of the hiring manager to describe the day in the life. And that is really important information for you so that you can then determine how qualified you actually are. And you can get their drivers, meaning yep. the hiring manager's drivers. Very true. Whether you're interviewing or networking or whatever it looks like. What are their drivers? What is important to them out of the, all the myriad of things on that job description that they need? And then you can make a decision, does that line up with my drivers? Yep. Or you could take that same job description and say, yes, it's evolved, but here's what I also bring to the table. Here's how I can take that position to a new level that's more in alignment with what I really, really want to do. Especially when you can say what, what, what I really want to do aligns with what you 
want to do or want me to do. Wow, that was a good one. Yeah, well, seriously, because <laughs> when we think about that, I need to express what my drivers are, what my style preference is, what, what my values are. I need to make those really clear. But they are looking for someone who is going to match theirs. And, and it's human nature. We are all self-driven. There is nothing... There's no judgment in that statement. We all have to answer the question, how does this affect me? As we look at that as a valid concern, I can now answer that of the interviewer. These are my values, and this is how I see my values aligning with yours so that my contribution is going to be furthering your cultural values. Because if I don't make that connection and I just assume they're going to make that, I'm leaving that within their control. And then when I don't hear back from them, I don't know. I need to be interviewing the interviewer. I need to make sure that this is a good fit for me as well as I'm being a good fit for them. It has to be a two-way street. And it's interesting you mentioned that because I'm seeing some evolution in certain companies on how they're interviewing people mm -hmm. to eliminate bias in the process. They're actually having people that aren't in that group do the interviewing. That's interesting. Which is really interesting, yeah. right? So they want to see a fit for role outside of the politics and the prejudice of that group. That's a really good good mindset. I, I just read recently about a manager, a leader, who has thrown the whole formatted interview out the window and instead he brainstorms with candidates. He brings them into a room with a whiteboard, hands them a pen and says, talk to me how you would approach solving this problem. And he gives them a problem that actually existed, one that they found a solution for, but how would you approach, approach this? Yeah. Because now you're getting a really good idea of how this person thinks, what their values are in terms of their contributions, and it gives you a really clear idea of what's it gonna be like to work with this person. And what I liked about that, I, I wouldn't throw the whole structured interview out the window as he did. The role he was looking to fill, actually, that, that applied. I look at this as how can I add value to the interview process because I want to know how that person works, how that person thinks, how they approach a potential problem or something for which a solution is necessary. If I know what my values are and I can see them in this other person, as the wheels are turning in their head, I'm going to get a truer version of that person than just the interview would show. Right. And that's really how we would establish whether or not we're qualified for a role. Precisely. Is to actually go through that interview yep. process engage in the networking, pull your audience. I think what most people are struggling with when they say that question is, do I really want to spend the time to pursue something else for which I don't know whether or not I'm qualified right. is maybe a heart issue than anything else. It's the heart issue, but there's also that group who may lack confidence or they don't know how qualified they actually mm. are. So going to the interview, going through the process, and that can be a mock interview with, with a coach. Go through the interviewing process because you'll be surprised at what you actually can do if you just allow yourself to do it. Just getting that story out of yeah. yourself and on paper or verbalized or expressed, as you said yeah. earlier, is a really important and therapeutic process yeah. for you to determine if it's a hard thing or not. Well, and, and as I see you light up, 
that is what's going to get me to hire you. Uh, you you can be 100% qualified and really difficult to work with and I will I don't want to hire you. Yeah. I want to hire the person who has 50% of the qualifications, the drive and the passion and the interest and the curiosity and and the positivity to see them stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I mean thinking about that as the hiring manager, if I could help someone grow, yeah. that brings me joy as well. There's so much more to it. Don't not apply because mm. you don't think you have the qualifications. Well, You're let, probably let's, better than you think. Let's also not ignore, Scott, the, a number of the folks listening to this podcast might be different cultural backgrounds. Sure. And what I found is some cultural backgrounds, they don't feel worthy because they feel that they should have all the skills before they take on a job. I can appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know how realistic that is because qualifications come with experience. So if you're not in a position that's giving you the experience that you need in order to say you're qualified, I don't know how you can ever get there. That's the catch-22. Yeah. But I do recognize and acknowledge that there are, especially in high-context cultures, that there are certain expectations that the culture says you shouldn't have to be told this. You should know this. Um, and there are many cultures outside of the United States where that is absolutely true. I would never... So admitting you're wrong or don't have an answer is not something they're going to say. Right. Yeah. But there are ways to communicate that. Even so, you need experience in order to say you're qualified. qualified. And so maybe there's a different way to approach that, whether that's through apprenticeship or through a stretch uh, assignment or right, a project, whatever, whatever that whatever. might look yeah. like. I will tell you in those high context cultures, there is also the belief that it is our role as individuals to help others succeed. That transcends all cultures. If you take that mindset that I am going to help the person who is least qualified to become qualified. I will still hire that least qualified person. So there is a way to do it regardless of culture. Mm. I can't tell you what's going to be right for you. Self-limiting behavior limits only yourself. I really appreciate that, Scott, because I think what I'm hearing from you, too, is that the soft skills, the ones you overlook might be the ones that actually get you the job, even though you feel in your heart or your mind or whatever that your tangible technical skills, your direct transferable skills may not be up to snuff. If you have the, these soft skills, good attitude, hardworking, right? These things mm -hmm. that are just not measurable on a job description or a resume often. Right. Uh, that you have a higher probability of getting that job. I would agree because you can demonstrate that in the interview. Whether or not they have you go through the motions of doing the job, and I know there are some jobs where they actually take you through a test environment of some fashion, you know, and that, that's fine. That's probably very important for those roles. So many of them don't. And you have the opportunity to demonstrate those soft skills and some technical skills where you are captivating their interest, that's the sweet spot. Because now you have an ability to show them how you work, how you think, how what drives you. And you can establish your contribution to their organization in that moment. Don't think that you're not qualified for a role. That's the first step. The ste second step is then to find what kinds of jobs you are qualified for. Yep. 
And that process can be a little more pragmatic, I think, is that once you start cataloging all your strengths, all your skills, all the things you enjoy doing, leaving out the stuff that's soul-sucking, right? Right. We talked about that on the Dream Job podcast yeah. just, just before this one. But the idea being is that by knowing what that is, you have a chance then to go find it. Go ask people that are doing that kind of work, how did they get there? What was their career path? What advice would they have for you? You're working on a project, right? We talk yep. about all yep. these components that uh, surround this on every single podcast episode that we've done. And often we're just trying to position it in a different way so that we can help you as a listener get there uh, and right. actually have success in this process. I do think that it's important to be authentic in what you're doing. If you really don't know what your next steps ought to be or you're lost in, in your search, this is a good time to either turn to your network or get a job coach and help to make the decisions on how to take the next step. It's not that anybody's going to tell you what step to take, but you may need some encouragement in choosing one and taking it. Mm. And whatever that looks like, I just just do it. Well, and the one tool that you might want to rely on is the networking piece. I, and, many, yeah. and many people just don't know how to do the networking piece. The good news is we have a free resource for that. We sure do. It's called The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. And you can download that on our website for free. You're welcome. We've done that just for you. Just for you. Scott and I have put that ebook together. It's a free resource, a gift for you. Please go to jobseekersradio.com and download that free resource. That does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode. We acknowledge that you've put in an investment of time and attention, and we really appreciate this. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 047. While you're there, there's actually a link in the show notes for you to click on iTunes. You can hop on over there, give us a quick rate and review. It's a great way for us to get feedback so that we can make this a better production, a better podcast for you. And it also helps get the word out that we're actually out there doing these. Uh, we we want to make sure that you are getting something of value. So we really do appreciate the feedback. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, let's remember that you're only underqualified or not qualified if you think so. That's right. So don't let yourself stop yourself. Excellent. All right. See you, everybody. See you next time.